Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So glad you found our Linden Road online worship experience. If this is your first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And you could do us a favor. We'd love to connect with you. If you click on the digital connection card link up above here or leave a comment in the chat or if you're watching us on YouTube, just scroll down and you'll find a link there in the description where you can leave your email address and a prayer request and your name and uh, just uh, maybe a question you might have as we can try to connect with you. And again, we're grateful you're here, and we certainly hope it's not your last time. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you, and we're grateful, too, that you've tuned in. And we invite you to also use the digital connection card link or comment in the chat or scroll down in the YouTube description here and leave us uh, information we might need to know. Uh, but together, we're grateful that we can come together and worship here online. Uh, as it was last week, the temperature here in this part of the country was frigid, and so thanks to the ability of technology, we stayed home and safe and enjoyed our time together as we worshiped. And would remind you that if you aren't signed up for our flock note, we would invite you to simply text the word Linden, L-I-N-D-E-N, to 84576 and you'll be subscribed to our text messaging updates that can let you know when we're going to be doing things differently about weather changes and even maybe special announcements. But again, we're grateful that we can use this technology to connect us. And speaking of technology, we want to share, we have partnered with Catalyst Movies to offer Movie Night, which happens on Fridays and on Sundays at 7 p.m. There's a link here on our web page. You simply go to movie night and each week the movie changes. Given the weather for today, it might be a great way to tune in and stay warm and pop some popcorn. But this week's movie is called Amazed by You. And it's a story about when a city slick by the name of Christian Andrews who's thrown into a cowboy world. It's filled with five sisters, two bullies, a whole lot of cattle, and one grungy dog, and a woman who runs it all. And he only has his faith to guide him through it. In fact, here, check out the uh, trailer. Just been an accident. You might want to go. The family had a service out here a couple days ago. He wanted to start some kind of cowboy church here on this ranch. This isn't a church. This is a concrete slab. I can't but feel like I let him down. You know, I should have tried harder to stay in contact with him. Maybe this is why I'm here. Finish what Tim started. You're a very interesting man, Mr. Andrews. Either crazy determined or just plain crazy. Stop trying to be a ranch hand. Believe me, you're never going to be a ranch hand. Just be Chris Andrews. I don't need another ranch hand. I've already gotten to know Chris better in just the few days he's been here. Make it sound so easy. Sometimes love is easy.
As if someone drunk knows anything about being there for someone who needs oh, you, right? Oh, man, it's Ray, on! Right, right. He trusted all of you guys, not me. It wasn't about trust. It was about shame. Did something happen? I just think I'm starting to realize that maybe God doesn't want me here. By next week, that church will just be another mess for me and the girls to clean up. You said God doesn't want you here? Neither do I. Jesus loves us, has faith in us, so he forgave us for all our shortcomings. It's up to you, it's up to us to accept that forgiveness. So again, I hope you can join us each week. There's a different movie that's offered. It's free of charge. It's just a great way to offer wholesome movies to families. And each week the movie changes, and it is, again, at Friday nights at, at 7 and Sunday at 7. And you can find it by simply going to lindenroad.church forward slash movie night. Each week you'll find the synopsis of the movie that's going to be there. And so I hope tonight you can tune in. So we're in our second week in our series for the new year called Better. Basically, better new year, better you. What we're looking at is how to help develop rhythms, spiritual practices, if you will, that can help us grow in our faith walk as we begin this uh, year of 2024. I want to say that this week, in particular, I think this message can have a huge impact because we're going to talk about what it means just to be simple, even the idea that less is more. Now, you remember last week as we began the series, we talked about the lies that we tell uh, each other, but more importantly, the lies that we tell ourselves. We probably are the hardest on ourselves as we walk through this journey of being human. And the truth is, we've discovered that the person that we lie to the most is ourselves. And so one of the biggest lies, I think, that we tell ourselves in today's culture, in a culture that's all about stuff, is that somehow more is better. And so I want to begin first with an idea that simply saying that I don't think that's true. I think especially in a world in which we, there's always something newer and better and the next version that just complicates things. And I'm sure we all have a drawer at home that's just filled with all sorts of technology that we've used over the years, cameras and phones and recorders and game systems, all sorts of things that uh, don't work anymore. And so as we think about this, this idea of the lie that we tell ourselves about more is better, it actually goes back to the very first lie that's told in history. And it goes back to the garden where the evil one, Satan, appears to Adam and Eve in the garden. And up to that point, they were just enjoying life, right? They weren't aware that they were naked. They didn't have a sense of shame and guilt. They were able to enjoy all that God offered them with the exception of not eating from one particular tree. And then what happens, right, in that story, we know it so well, the evil one comes along, the serpent says to Eve and Adam, did God really say that? Maybe the message wasn't as clear as you thought it might be. What, what you don't have, maybe you really want. And it's what you need and, and the idea that when you go after that choice, that you'll be much more fulfilled, uh, much more content. And yet we know that the story that we've all pushed through since then is the, what sin entered in through those choices 
and then how uh, you know, this, the beauty of what we're offered through the Christmas story as we celebrated Christ coming to earth and taking on flesh and rescuing us from our brokenness. Now, the truth is, when we think about it, we're told the lie in our culture is that more is always better. I mean, we think about it, right? We're told that it's all about more, 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 more money, uh, more toys, right? More shoes, more purses, more watches, more muscles, uh, more square foot in our homes. It's more to be able to travel and see all sorts of things. Uh, on, on our social media channels, it's about getting more likes and more followers and just all sorts of things, right? It's just all about more, more, more. And our culture tells us that more is better. But here's what I want to suggest in a question this week. What if the stuff, what if the stuff that we have is keeping us from the life that we want? It's just that simple, that the things that we're chasing are really keeping us from being all that God desires for us. And so this message is simply about the idea that less is more. And so let's begin first with prayer. God, we are grateful that you are the God of all provision. And as we lean into our time this morning of worship, may we encounter you in a fresh way about seeing that you are enough for us. And so thank you for the promises that you've made, the life that you've offered us and all that you want for us. And we just pray your Holy Spirit would help us understand that now as we look at the scriptures. And we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. So the story I want to share first sort of a key thought to begin with, comes to us from a story we've looked at a number of times. Uh, it comes to us out of the book of Acts, and we have the story about Paul, the Apostle Paul is on a ship, and the ship has gone through all sorts of crazy storm encounters, and it's breaking, and they're all concerned whether or not they're going to even make it to the next place. And in fact, the crew actually thinks they're going to die. And so what's interesting, the story is told to us by Dr. Luke, is that after two weeks, without having any food, that Paul begins by breaking bread, and he gives thanks. And let's look at the scripture here. It says in Acts chapter 27, verses 36 and 38, Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. So when they had eaten enough, and let's look at that word, enough, in fact, you might want to highlight it. In fact, I've got it highlighted for you here in the notes. This idea of enough, that what did they do? They lightened the ship and they threw out the wheat into the sea. So we go back to what happens here, right? It says, when they had eaten enough. In fact, if you would, if you're watching online, go ahead and put that word enough in the, in the chat box because that's what we're going to talk about today is about having enough and realizing that our God wants to provide us with enough. And it's interesting that in the midst of the storm, what did these guys do? That they lightened the ship. They basically threw out everything that they didn't need. And so what we see here in a very clear way is that they lightened the ship because less is better, right? They were able to, to weather the storm with less weight on the ship. It allowed it, the ship to be faster and to be able to avoid the rocks and to bring them to safety. And what's interesting in this, the question as we look at the story, is that when did they lighten the ship? Well, they lightened the ship after they had enough. So again, that's going to be the word we're going to walk around uh, today. Now, the question is, what is enough? Well, it's when you have what you need. That's what enough is all about. And so again, this practice of less is more 
is that it really is simply this sentence that I have enough. Now, the problem for most of us, me included, is that we don't believe that we have enough. In fact, one of the great scriptures we all know well, right? Psalm 23 says what? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Wow. To be reminded of that. And so let's take a look at it in this way. Uh, first of all, maybe even a prayer that we could pray together. This idea that God give me less of what doesn't matter. Let's say that again and let it sort of hang on our minds as we ponder it is that God give me less of what doesn't matter. And then the second half of that prayer needs to be God give me more of what does matter. Again, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount tells uh, those there to do what? Well, not to store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and, and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal says what? Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And if you remember last week, one of the big takeaway thoughts we had is that if you want to change your life, you need to change your habits. And if you want to change your habits, you need to let God change your heart. And so what does Jesus say here? in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't store up, don't accumulate, don't hoard even. And so what's interesting in our culture, especially in the Western culture, is it's all about accumulating, about a bigger bank balance or having security in the fact that we have money. And what that does is it, it takes our faith away from placing our confidence in God, that he is enough. Well, the idea, and it's interesting this week in uh, in jail, uh, one of the young men is actually going to get released next week, and we're hoping he gets into a rehab program. But this young man shared about how over the last 13 years, all he's known is addiction. And in fact, his journey to adulthood, he came to become addicted, a drug addict by his own words, because of his family systems. He actually would get high with his father and his grandfather. And he talked about how in this moment, as he's got this point of clarity, because he's been incarcerated for about 90 days. And so all the things that were distracting him are now pretty clear. I'm excited for his next chapter, assuming the judge allows him to go into recovery with help through a program to see what he can be all about. And he, he admitted that the reason that he even started using drugs was he just had this deep sense of, of uh, loneliness, this sense of feeling empty. And I think for many of us, the money that we have, uh, we tend to use the money to try to fill those holes you know, with a new outfit or new shoes. And yet that we, we know that much of this is about external things. That it, what it does is it, is it takes away any internal thing we may be working through because it focuses our minds on something that's outside of ourselves. The idea of what people work through in marriage, the struggle. Many people would rather remodel the kitchen than uh, to try to lean into making life easier by working on relationships. And so when we think about this statement I made earlier about we want less of what doesn't matter, I mean, what do we do? 
what, again, the writer of Hebrews says to us, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And that's really sort of the internal focus, that it actually interferes with us becoming who God wants us to be. I mean, think about it. I'm sure your home is like my home where we've got closets that are sort of overflowing, right? My workshop in the basement, work table there is overflowing with all sorts of things that I need to get back to, things that I think I might need someday, but really I don't. It's just the idea of where we find ourselves in Western culture is we have all this stuff. Now, partly why we risk not throwing things away is we think that somehow uh, there's something we might need. There's a some dependency, if you will. The truth is we ha- probably haven't used some of the stuff in over a year, and we just need to get rid of it, right? Throw it away, give it away, so that someone else can benefit from it. The truth is, too, for many of us, we schedule out our w- world, right, with all sorts of busyness, the things to do and the things not to do. And, and maybe what we need to do is uh, give up some of the things that distract us, uh, the time we spend on social media, or maybe the time we spend binging on, on Netflix. Again, the writer is saying to us that we need to strip down everything that slows us down. So again, this prayer that we offer this week, this idea of say, God, give me less of what doesn't matter, but God, give me more of what does matter. In fact, it's interesting. Let me bring a little prop in here today. So the scriptures tell us in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Well, I mean, with candy, right? We all love chocolate. Why is uh, one handful better? Well, you know, I can grab this handful of candy and there's enough to keep me satisfied, I'm sure, for more than a day, uh, to be quite honest, especially if I'm watching the calories. But the truth is, we have one handful. What does it allow us to do? Well, it allows the other hand to be free. And so it's interesting here that the, the scripture sort of gives us a really sort of smart understanding is that Uh, less of what doesn't matter and gives us room for what does, right? One handful. What does it do? It allows my other hand to be free to hug someone, to help someone, to maybe give some of my candy away uh, as an encouragement. It allows me to offer praise and, and to give of my time and my talents and my resources. And yet it also allows me to surrender. Now, again, the, the writer says to us, Better one handful with peace in the room, because when I go for two handfuls, all of a sudden now, my life is complicated, and now I have to manage this. I can't even open up a piece of candy without some kind of difficulty. I know this is a, a crude analogy, but I think the idea of what the writer of Ecclesiastes wants us to see is that having our hands, at least one hand open, And being peaceful and being satisfied in that is enough to give us a place of contentment. I have to say, too, when I was in Kenya a number of years ago, I was reminded by the generosity of all that we met. We met people who literally had nothing. They were living in the most abject poverty that a person can live in. In fact, I was told by couple of the pastors I was traveling with that uh, the status of people in Haiti 
was better than the people we were meeting there in Kibera in the slums of Nairobi. So when we think about this idea of being content with what God gives us, what do we need to wrestle with? We need to wrestle with what matters. That The prayer that we've offered is that we want to have more of what matters most. Okay, so how do we define what matters most, right? Because that's where it begins. It's about those things that are eternal, right? Those things that will shape our lives. It's about our relationship with God and our journey as a follower of Jesus. For those of us that are married, it's, it's about our relationship with our spouse, the children that we have. It's about the faith community that we're a part of. It's about where we get to show God's love in practical ways to our neighbors so that others can know who Jesus is. And what matters most is not what's on the list of desires, right? What matters most is not a new sofa or the new piece of technology or maybe new carpet in the house or maybe the newest flashiest technology device like a new flat screen TV. Because what, what do we know? And again, in this series, we're talking about better about what is it that we can be doing to make our lives better as followers of Jesus, we need to say this too, is that the most meaningful things in life are not things. It's about the roles that we get to play as human beings, as men and women, as fathers and as mothers, and about the children that we, we bear. And, and when we look back and remember the moments, it's not going to be the things that we remember, it's going to be about the things that we experience together in life. I mean, even just recently, Mullen and I had the privilege of visiting our daughter Sarah and her husband Tomas in Paris, France. What a great time it was, not just to see a, another country, but the beauty of seeing what captured our daughter's heart 20-some years ago when she first went to France to experience it as a student and how she loves the culture and the people and to see her flourishing there uh, in so many cool ways, both professionally and even what they're doing in their family. And so again, we go back to the, the idea of the handful, right? Uh, the Ecclesiastes tells us that better is one handful with things that matter than two handful with things that don't matter, right? And so really, I think what we need to say in this moment is that we want to pray to God to give me less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Now, the truth is, earlier I, I made the statement that we say we have enough. I think most of us don't believe that. And to be quite honest, uh, that statement is incomplete. It's only half of what I need to share with you today. We need to begin first with the statement, because I have Jesus, I have enough. Because I can tell you in our culture today, especially in Western culture, there are many people who have Jesus but they still operate from a perspective that they don't have enough. Now, the truth is, it could be about things that they're pushing through in life. You know, forget a new TV because I don't have a job or I've got medical bills. And, and so we need to lean into a grounding if our life is going to be better. And again, it comes to us from the Apostle Paul. He writes to the church at Philippi here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. What does he say? We've looked at this verse before. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. He's saying here, I can be well-fed and I can have Jesus, 
But I also can have moments of being hungry and I can still have Jesus. I can have plenty. My cupboards can be full and I can have Jesus. But even saying too that in want, I still have Jesus. And so part of what I want us to see about this idea of less is more in this week's message is because I have Jesus, I have enough. Now, I have to say that I know this is true, that some of us have Jesus, and yet we still want more. And I want to suggest that one of the reasons for that is because Jesus is in the background and not in the foreground. And when he's behind us and we're not seeing it, it's really easy to miss and to even maybe ignore him. But when we put him in front, and so the rhythms of our daily walk of reading scripture, spending a few moments each morning in a version plan to be encouraged, to follow each other and offer good words of encouragement that takes place here in our faith community. And again, we would point you to the version app and ask you to follow along. Because when we put Jesus in front, we, we see him not as just a, a story in scripture, a historical figure, but we can find out in new and fresh ways about the fact is that he can be our closest friend, that he can be our counselor and he can be our confidant, that he in moments of need can, that he can meet us as a comforter in those moments when life is really upside down and we're hurting. Now it's interesting, Paul says that something starts to change and Paul says it this way, that it doesn't matter what I have. He basically says, I have Jesus, and that's all I need. I have to admit that when I was a younger man, I was always caught up in the things, the newer car, the newer technology, the more comfort that those things can bring through money and security and maybe even more recognition in the community. But the truth is, as I've lived my life, that I have fewer days ahead than behind me, Here's the thing I know, is that I have to have Jesus in front, that I have enough, and that I don't need any more things, that what I need in this current season, as a man, as a husband, as a father, even as a pastor, is I need more of Jesus. Because when we think about how life comes at us, right, if we get into an automobile accident, we don't need a pile of cash sitting next to us. What we need is the comfort of Jesus and his person in a real way, walking with us. Or if we're being wheeled into a surgery room to have surgery performed, we don't need more followers on our Instagram or our Facebook account. What we need is we need Jesus in those moments because he's going to help us walk through the reality of those things. And when we think about raising children, right, uh, or we think about our grandchildren, it's not about the shoes on their feet with the, the most recent style, but really what we want to make sure is our children, that they love Jesus and they have Jesus in their heart. And that finally, that when our life comes to an end and we're in our final days, that it isn't going to be about where we've traveled in the last six months, but rather it's about where our heart lies and our relationship with God and knowing that Jesus has rescued us from our sins and has given us a place in heaven. Really what I'm saying is that we need to learn as followers of Jesus what the secret of being content is. And it really is having a relationship with him. It really is leaning into what Paul tells us about doing all things through Christ. Because we know when we're sick that he will be our healer. We know that when we're hurting that he will be there 
to give us comfort. We know that when we're sad, that he will be our joy. And when we wrestle through our sin, we will clearly understand that he has rescued us and he is our savior. Our series is called Better. And in this new year, and in this new year, to make us better at living life, I just want to talk about this idea of less is more. And, and what I'm saying is that it's less about what doesn't matter and more about what does. And, and why do I say that? Well, it's simply this. Life is too valuable. That the call that God's placed upon who each of us are to fulfill our destiny that we know this much that God is good and we don't want to waste life because anything we do that wastes our life doesn't really matter. And to lean into this very statement again, that because I have Jesus, I have enough. So let's pray. God, we are grateful for this truth that you are indeed enough. Help us as we live each day and lean into what you have for us to see that you will be the provider. And so we pray that we can live with a sense of generosity and a sense of all that you have for us as your sons and daughters. And we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Again, thanks for tuning in. So glad you were with us today. And to remind you that tonight is movie night if you're watching this on Sunday. And so at 7 p.m., hop over to our webpage at lindenroad.church forward slash movie night. Get your popcorn popped and there's about 10 minutes worth of trailers. So it's just like going to the movie theater, but you don't have to get in your car and you can watch it from the comfort of your home. And I uh, hope you'll enjoy this week's feature, which is called Amazed by You. But again, we're grateful in all things that Jesus is enough. And so as you think about the week ahead, be reminded that you've been blessed to be a blessing. And so go forth and serve Christ in his name. Amen. Have a great week.